Hey, everyone. It's your favorite finance freak show, Syrah. This week, we start to dig into what exactly it means to start investing. We've received a ton of questions about what a nest egg is versus what investing looks like. And I'm so excited to break it down a little bit further. More importantly, remember that what I'm giving is just advice and your situation might be different from Megan's. Anyways, I'm so excited to jump on this topic. So let's go. Welcome to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, the weekly podcast that deconstructs the intimidating world of finance. Hosted by Syra Rahman, VP of Finance at HM Bradley, and her partner in crime, Megan McShane, a manager at a Fortune 100 company, and supported by Stockwitz. Girls Just Want to Have Funds will take on the important questions in personal finance that so many of us avoid, but also take on a glass of wine or two. Learn more, subscribe to the show, and join Syra and Megan on their no shame adventure to financial freedom at girlsjustwanna.com. So, Megan. Hi, Tyra. Sup? How you doing, girl? I'm feeling good. Feeling good? Okay. All right. Well, I am really curious in terms of a check-in how you've done over the last week and what changes you've made now that we reviewed month one. So I know you're down on yourself because you don't think, you know, because I went over my fun money last month. But here's the thing. You live and learn. You do. And you do. So I'm like, you know, it is what it is. I can't go back in time, but I can make good forward progression on this month and set myself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. Some like little things I've done, for example, like we know everything is with Frank right now and it's time to start taking some stuff away from Frank. And so that's what I've done this week. Things like where I spend the majority of my fun money right now in quarantine is Amazon. So got rid of Frank on Amazon and added in Chad is my only card. Wow. Uber Eats is on there too. Wow. So it's more of a, if you're going to spend it and you kind of forget to change the card or have multiple options, now I don't have an option. It's just Chad. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes it a lot more difficult. So now, do you have a specific amount per month going directly into Chad so that you are limited? Oh, wow. Yeah. I would double check what those overdraft fees are just in case. It's making me a little nervous. (laughs) But because now, for real though, because now I feel a little bit more comfortable with my direct deposit and knowing that I can kind of like shuffle it a little bit. You can. uh I feel good about it. I'm like, maybe I'm putting too much into Chad. But... Wow, that's I, okay. Let's not don't overestimate just yet. I, okay. I'm I caution you on that. I think you start where you think you should start, and then let's readjust on a monthly basis. Don't readjust mid month unless it's an emergency situation and you need to cover an overdraft yeah. fee. Honestly, if that fintech company or bank has an overdraft fee, I don't I don't think you disclosed whether or not it does. So that's something to think about. The other thing is, and this is something I've been contemplating, you said you couldn't find the app to Chad. Did you end up finding the app or are you doing this entirely on your computer? I couldn't find the app. Mm-hmm. Wow. You probably want to email their customer service so you can find the correct name. I'm sure that they have one. I can't imagine a bank that doesn't have an app that's just peculiar to well, me. Well, it's so. also peculiar because when I was telling you about the onboarding experience, I was like, Chad was the mm-hmm. best one automatically connected with my phone to like verify me and all this shit like I was like what were you using to do all that you're using mobile web yeah I think I was on like google chrome on this device yeah isn't that strange 
That's so peculiar. I can't believe you haven't found the app. Yeah, definitely contact their customer I know. service. And just say, what's up? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, guys, where's the app? I Google this name and it doesn't come up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would do that. Especially now that you might be transferring more funds in if in case you run over I budget. Know. <laughs> it needs to be like, it needs to be handy, I guess is what I'm saying. I would definitely connect it. Well, I'm proud of you for setting all that up. That is quite a process. And honestly, I thought it would take a couple of paychecks. So that is, that's an excellent step forward. What's going on with your credit card? It might as well be in the freezer, but it's in my uh, <laughs> lockbox. It's, it's in, in the safe. safe. Okay. We're not using mm-hmm. it. Okay. Okay. So as long as you are still paying attention to it because you want to make sure that there's no fraud, right? In addition to the fact that you're not using it. But I think this is an excellent kickstart to month two. So should we take a break so we can start digging into the more fun yeah, stuff? Yeah, let's take a break and make sure Chad isn't ghosting me. <laughs> All okay. right. Awesome. Let's take a break. This is going down way too easy. I'm going to be like sassy Syrah before. Are you sure there's not like a disclaimer on it that says like, but only drink half a glass? (laughs) (laughs) Only drink enough. Only drink. To have like one full glass of wine. I don't know. I'm mixing it with Topo. So hopefully it's not like. Topo Chico. That is like your new favorite thing. It is my favorite thing. I so you want to know what one of our one of our engineers so I I did our Christmas boxes with the help of the other the co-founders of our company and they were like yeah just go off of everybody's favorite list for A B and C well he didn't list a coffee that he liked he doesn't like tea and when I called him out and I was like hey what do you drink he's like I drink a lot of Topo Chico <laughs> and I was like I can't ship you that also I don't know what that is and then I looked it up and I was like oh it's on sale at Costco 24 bottles later, I'm addicted. That's how it, it started? Yeah, because he was, he literally, and he drinks it on like every single call we have. I see him with a big old bottle of Topo. So I was thinking like when you were in Texas, you were like, I don't know. It happened in, it, but in Texas is when I was like, oh, it's on sale. And that's when I pulled the trigger. But now it's a Topo Chico in house kind of girl. Like as soon as I saw it inside of one of their little pamphlets of how to mix drinks, I was like, oh, it's so over. it's Topo and shrimp. For the remainder of winter? Because aren't you getting 20 pounds of shrimp? Oh my gosh, I need to send you a picture. It arrived on Thursday. The shrimp are like this big. Like, here's my mic. They're like this big. Per shrimp. Per shrimp. They are massive. And they're like the kinds you get at really nice steakhouses. So this is one of the restaurant wholesalers for high-end restaurants. What if you... So they serve... No, I was just going to say, what if you found out you were allergic to shrimp? I mean, after I took a bite of one, I mean, I've been eating shrimp my whole I life. Know. I feel like too much of too much. Sometimes you <laughs> no, girl. It was worth every single penny. I'm so proud of myself and my shrimp delivery. Like, oh man, Nick for his birthday in a few weeks, he is going to have the fattest shrimp and steak and it's going to be a surf and turf made by yours only. Surf and yours turf. truly. Yeah, made, made by me. Made by me. Um, okay. So Chad, Chad isn't ghosting you. And... I guess the other thing that I really want to talk about, because I feel like we touched on this and and I know you're super excited to start talking about investing because of everything that's going on in the world right now. But I feel like we kind of brushed over how to break it out into your savings. So I'm curious what you think when I say the word nest egg. I think of my parents. I feel like they that's it's almost one of those words that your parents are like, make sure your nest egg is good. 
You know, I, it reminds me in college, this is actually a story and it's funny, of my friend that kept saying, oh, we're going to make baked ziti. And I was like, what's baked ziti? And she kept going, baked ziti, baked ziti. And I was like, are you going to tell me what it is? Or are you just going to keep screaming baked ziti <laughs> at me? That's how I feel about nest egg. I just keep saying it and you have no idea yeah, what it I'm is. Yeah, I'm like, I need you to break it out for me because my head can go to scrambled eggs or just like, I don't know. I want to yeah. hear from you like what what it should be. Well, so I think it varies from person to person. And the important thing here is it's an amount that makes you feel secure and comfortable. So by that, I mean, for me personally, that means that if the world ended tomorrow and God forbid the company that I work for went away and I no longer had a job, I would have a certain amount of money in my savings that's liquid and available to me and I don't have to take it out of the market. I don't have to sell a house. Like none of those things is part of my nest egg. So for me, that's three months of the cost for me to exist or live. So that means my rent or mortgage payment. That means all of my bills, everything that's pulling out of Frank. So if you can see what's coming out of Frank on a monthly basis... That is your bare necessity, bare bones operating expenses, if you want to talk technical. So do you think we've talked about this concept of like a plan or a bucket inside of Billy? Yeah. Do you think mm-hmm. it'd be wise for me to have one that's just like nest egg to make sure I have yes. three months worth the whole time? Yes. And you should think of it as like your oh shit fund. Something okay. happens and you are ready to go. If that happens, right? And you can cover at least three months of living with that. Or if money. I just need a break. Or whatever number yeah. you need, right? Yeah. If you just need a yeah. break. Like we are in stressful yes. freaking times right now. I would not be surprised if a lot of people need to chill out for a minute if they're switching jobs or whatever. I think that's another great point. You know, Nick is transitioning between jobs right now. He decided to quit one job and he just accepted another one. And this is where his oh shit fund comes in. He still has enough money to cover himself. And like, it's just critical, particularly in uncertain times like we're in right now. So that to me is the primary reason that you save. That to me is the first thing you should be saving for. And then once you have enough money saved so that you feel comfortable, that's when you start doing more fun things with your savings, right? So that's when you have, you know, vacation fund. And that's when you have a down payment fund. And that's when you have all these other things. And some people kind of blend those. I don't like to blend those. I think it should be a very clear bucket because you need to know, like for me personally, I need to know that I'm Mm -hmm. secure all the time. I think that's totally fair. And do most people have that in cash, I would imagine, or can they have it in other forms? I think it's safest if you put it in cash and you have it liquid because if something happens, you you don't know if you're going to need that in 24 hours, right? Let's say you, for some reason, don't have health insurance for some, you know, well, if you're unemployed, right, you probably don't have health insurance. And at that point, you could easily go to the hospital and spend all of your OSHIP fund in one day. So that I think it's best to have it in cash and put it in a savings account where you're getting some yield on it, but it's still, you're still not going to be penalized if you need to use it, if that makes sense. It does. And I think what I'm going to do is actually set up a little bucket inside of Billy. Or are we calling him Will now? We're closer to Will. We can call him Will. Let's call him William. Let's Whoa, call him William. William. Okay. Okay. We're not well, ready for William. Like, <laughs> too, too much commitment for me. <laughs> okay. Me and my okay. polyamorous new banking lifestyle. Mm. I'm actually going to set up a bucket inside of Billy 
where my 33% of my monthly income goes and make sure that's full. Probably I'm going to try for six months and I'll check back in with you and let you know what's going on. Okay. And so for me, something that I did was because I didn't want to give up on like vacation life and I didn't want to give up on doing more fun things. So I set like a threshold in there. Like after this point, I want to start accruing for other things Mm. too. So I had a bunch of different things going at the same time. Once I was like, okay, this is enough that I'm comfortable, but I still want to stack up a little bit more in here. So I kind of ration myself into different buckets at that point. If that, so, and this is where investing comes in, right? So I think a lot of people want to be able to invest and there comes a point in your mind where you're like, okay, I've saved enough. I'll be okay if something bad happens. At that point, within your savings, now you can start investing. And this is where the fun, in my opinion, can really start because this is where you can start doing some cooler stuff with your money. Okay. Let me clarify. So I'm getting this because I know we were texting about this this week. Okay. My nest egg is good. I said six months worth of living expenses or my personal OPEX. That is full. The egg is full. There are no cracks. The 33% that then goes into will. Ooh, that feels weird. (laughs) Is that when I start contributing to things like our COVID trip, post-COVID trip? I don't want to call it that anymore. I'm sorry. No, let's just call it birthday Birthday trip. trip? Jeez. (laughs) And down payment to a house. Like I have a good steady percentage going in there. Yep. And you can simultaneously, you can also accrue in addition to that. And I would do like however much you have left over. So let's say that 33%, suddenly you're like, all right, I've stacked up enough and I'm good. You can start splitting that out into each one and then have one of those be investing because investing will, it'll help you grow and it'll help you go relatively rapidly. So for me, again, that's after the nest egg is signed, sealed and delivered. You know me, I'm just like, I want to be investing. I think it's cool and sexy. Yes. But that's the thing. It, You know what? It is cool and sexy, but I'm going to bore you a little bit because the <laughs> first round of investing is not the exciting stuff, yeah. right? Everybody's like, oh, yes, I want to like, I want to throw all of my money at GameStop. But okay, sure. <laughs> sure. The dying retail. Brand. But also, sure. <laughs> So that's, and that's the thing, right? Like it's fun to do that kind of stuff, but you should really only be doing that with what I'm going to call fun money. Like, Mm. and it's not necessarily Chad, it's still part of your savings, but it's savings you're okay with losing, which is the difference between your savings and what you're going to start doing with this other pocket of your savings, right? So the interesting thing about having a savings account is that you'll never lose your principal. So what you put in isn't going to magically disappear. It will continue to grow by whatever interest rate is attached to your savings account. Any investing that you do, you can also lose the principal. Okay. So I have made massive mistakes in my investing life where I have lost almost 100% of what I put in, probably more than 100%, frankly. I mean, Lord only knows how many times I've accidentally invested in things like gold. (laughs) So you know, it's very easy to lose more than what you put in which is why you have to be comfortable with your nest egg. And then you can take one step beyond that and start investing. I'm hearing you. There are layers to my savings is what you're telling me right now. When I become more of a better budgeter, which I feel like I'm on my way. 100%. Absolutely. So let's start talking a little bit about the investing. So we've talked about how you can invest in different ways. The one that I think is a great start outside of doing something like a generalized ETF. So there are broad spectrum ETFs, which means... What is ETF? 
exchange traded fund, which means nothing. It's basically like an index fund that like a company like Vanguard will put together and it they glue together a whole bunch mm. of companies and invest a tiny little percentage in okay. each one so that you're not 100% invested in any one company. Is that similar to like a mutual fund? Same concept. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So yeah, mutual funds, ETFs. The, the big thing that you want to look for if you decide that that's the route that you want to take initially is you want a really low expense ratio. And an expense ratio is just how much the fund manager is charging in order for you to have access to that specific ETF, mutual fund, whatever you want to so call it. So if you it. have a mutual fund or you put money into a mutual fund, you probably have to pay someone mm-hmm. to manage it for you is what you're saying? No. You can open a pl- anything on a platform and you can buy oh. one of those and then... Yeah, so the price ends up being reflective of the overall cost that you'll be paying to get into that fund. Outside of that, you can also do something that I like personally a little bit more because I think it's a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more dangerous. So people like it a little bit better. It's robo-advising. And that's where you have guided an online guided path basically to success. Have you heard of robo-advising before? I think you've said it, but... It sounds interesting. I'm assuming things like this. When you say advising, I think like financial advisor. You have to pay people money to help you do this, right? Absolutely. So there are different types of robo-advising. There are a bunch that are targeted towards women. There's subscription-based versions like Alvest where they have this thesis that women invest differently than men do. And then you basically pay into their platform and they teach you about investing. They also invest on your behalf. They show you different types of portfolios that you can invest in. It's almost like a social network that's paired with investing in a way that's educational. But you you do pay for that. And they essentially invest on your behalf. Next layer beyond that is a different type of platform where you essentially just pay for their actual investing advice and and the portfolios that they have. That's like a betterment. That's a wealth front. That's a wealth simple. They all come with relatively expensive price tags as well. So, But it's someone that's doing it for you that's an expert. And they have basically like set portfolios and you can kind of choose how aggressive you want to be in the market or how conservative you want to be in the market because some people don't have the inclination to be risky with their assets, right? So especially initially when you're still kind of figuring out how much money you're willing to lose, I think it's important to be like, okay, maybe I don't want to take the portfolio that they call aggressive because I might lose a lot of my principal or a lot of the investment that I put in upfront. So last week you touched on education. So I just want to bring that back up. Last week, we had talked about like some social platforms that you could log in and like specific to women and stuff like that. So this robo-advising to me feels like a layer on top of it. It's like you feel educated, you know what's going on, you know what you want to invest in potentially. But now this is kind of a little safeguard of that money for you of like, hey, you still don't know a lot about investing, Megan. Maybe you should get a robo-advisor that can help you invest your money in the right way so you don't lose all of it. Yes, okay. exactly. And so this is where my 80-20 rule comes Ooh. in. Yes. So this is kind of how I feel about it because I really think part of learning how to invest is A, watching experts, and then B, being able to do it on your own. So 80% of your funds should be either in an ETF or in some type of a robo-advisor where you're paying to have somebody handle it for you. Then take 20% of your funds and you know you're going into the casino. Mm especially initially, 
but you're going into the casino and you get to do fun stuff. Like if you want to, if you want to invest in GameStop, go for it, bleed that money out, but expect a 20% loss on that 80, 20, right? Like, and I personally have a little bit more of an affinity for a little bit higher of a loss at this point. So I'm doing a much different percentage, but I think initially you start with that 80, 20 rule. You start with, here's something that I know will grow with time. And then 20% of the time be like, I, you know what? I really like Lululemon. I'm going to go buy some Lululemon stock and see what happens. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So, okay. I want to make sure I'm tracking. Okay. Yeah. The original numbers we started off with for the three accounts, 60% into bills, 33% into savings, 7% into fund money. Again, that's my numbers that are potentially changing yeah. a little, which feels good. Inside of that 33%, I'm going to set up my nest egg. I'm going to make sure I feel whole. So, if girl yes. wants to take half a year off, she's ready. Sort of a thing. Yes. Mm. Okay. Loving yes. this. And then once I start to contribute to things like our birthday trip next year and down payment for a house, because that'd be cool, then I can take that money and start to invest it. And so that money that comes out of that is broken out into the 80-20 is what you're explaining. Okay. Yes. Yes, exactly. Ooh. That's perfect. I'm tracking. Yes. And so this is where the fun starts coming in. So we can, you know, talk about different types of things that you can do. I do, I want to touch on a few more types of robo advisors. Mm -hmm. So there's the subscription based that's on the more expensive end. Like I mentioned, like Alvest, there's that wealth simple, wealth front betterment. There's a whole bunch within that middle pocket where they basically just charge you. It's pay to play. And then there's two other ends of the spectrum. Let's say that you don't really know how much money you can invest and you really want to build your nest egg, but you're also like, I feel like I'm missing out by not investing. There are companies like Acorns where you can put in a dollar and they'll take that dollar and invest it for you. They only have a few different options, but it still gives you something in the investing world if that's something that you want to try. So I think accessibility is super important to everyone. And even if you don't have the ability to save a ton and you don't have the ability to invest a ton, I think that that's another great option. Opposite end of the spectrum. Let's say you really like to gamble and you're one of those people that really want to try a robo-advisor that's super aggressive. There's also one on the other end of the spectrum that is pretty expensive, but also pretty cool. It's one that's modeled after hedge funds. That one's called Titan. And that's all the way at the other end of the spectrum of Acorns. Really expensive, but heavily into equities like the stock market and the risk is really, really high. So is the return. So you have everything in that spectrum in between plus two opposite ends as well. So I wanted to make sure that you have the full range for that 80%. Any one of those would do you well. And then 20% of the time we can start talking about kind of your your mentality in terms of how you want to invest and and your thesis. Because I think women, I think there's something cool to be said about Alvest because I do think women look at stocks differently. I also think that people have this traditional way of examining stocks and investments in general mm -hmm. that has kind of blown up over the course of the last couple of years. So I'm super curious to hear how you think that you want to invest and then we can kind of pick apart that 20%. Definitely. I mean, I don't have an answer for you right now. I, it sounds like I have a lot of homework. Yeah. Should we take a quick break before we dive back in? And yeah, it let's up? do that. All right, Meg. So let's add it up really quickly. I am so curious to hear kind of what your thoughts are and how you'd summarize this and any other questions that you might have. I think first and foremost, what I'm learning from this 
is that a nest egg is super important. Like you need that before you do anything risky necessarily. So I'm going to take that on personally myself to make sure I establish a nest egg so I feel good. The next step for me, I mean, you know, I'm like a little trepidatious, like going into all this finance stuff. So I feel like I need to do, you know, the research and figure out the best way to educate myself on investing, which you've given me great social apps. The Monopoly money one sounds really fun, too, where I can go and just like put all my money on GameStop and see what happens. Yes. So I love that. And then I like the idea of figuring out different ways to be helped into investing, like robo-advising. Yeah. There awesome. sounds like so many opportunities in there, though. Like, I don't even know where to start if I'm being yeah. honest. So if I were to give you some guidance on that, I would say do what you did before, where you Google around, take a look at each one. Remember what we talked about before, where you want to see what those asterisks are, the best and worst part of financial institutions is that they always have stipulations. So there's going to be fees and you want to figure out what those fees are so that you can make an informed decision as to which one works for you. And the biggest thing for me is that you're comfortable with what you're doing. So if something doesn't make sense when you're looking at the platform or if you don't like your interaction with it, screw the platform, move on. You know what I mean? Like you're just getting into this. It should be super easy for you, just like Chad was. Chad's an easy man. You want to find a platform that's also easy for you to jump onto. That sounds like a plan to me. I don't know about Chad reference. We got to figure out Chad, dude. Like I I might need another option. (laughs) We'll we'll figure it out. We can work on that together. (laughs) Okay, please. That sounds good. All right. Well, should we call it a wrap? Let's call it a wrap. All right. Well, love you. Love you too, babe. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Head on over to girlsjustwanna.com where you can subscribe to the show, follow Megan and I on social, or even text us your important financial questions. And remember, there's no shame in asking anything. We'll see you next time on Girls Just Wanna Have Funds. Girls just wanna have funds.